10-year-old and I used to bump heads a lot. And now she'll tell me that I'm her best friend and I helped her not manipulate anymore. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 161 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Okay. (laughs) Trying to change it up a little bit. How you doing? How you doing? Feel like I ain't seen you all day. I know, because you busy and I busy. (laughs) <laughs> so, y'all, I have a little story to share <laughs> about David. Oh, Lord. Here we go. So, David had this rotary function. <laughs> I know where this is going. And he invited me to go. And I think at the last minute, I said, well, maybe a week before, I said something to the effect of, how are we supposed to dress? He said, no jeans. I said, okay. So I'm thinking, I've got this black skirt I'll wear and this shirt. Actually, it's my cord outfit. It's what I wore (laughs) last time. (laughs) My cord outfit. (laughs) And then I said something to him. I said, it says it's a banquet. And y'all, I'm pretty ordinary. I don't know what you wear to a banquet. So I Googled it. (laughs) What did Google tell you? Formal or semi-formal attire. Okay. So I asked David, I said, did they say formal or semi-formal? Yeah. I said, did they say semi-formal? I don't know. I don't know the difference. So he's in the same boat I am, you know. (laughs) So I had this dress. I mean, for me, for me, semi-formal means you're wearing a nice shirt with a pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm wearing my good shoes. <laughs> Casual is a tank top, shorts, and flip-flops. <laughs> semi-formal is jeans. Maybe Your nice s- jeans. My nice jeans, <laughs> a nice shirt, not a life is good shirt. Maybe some fluvog or free bird shoes. Oh, Lord. You don't went off the chain. And formal is like Cinderella, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, this, like I said, this is probably a week before the event. And I'm thinking, great, I've got one dress that fits that criteria that I wore to a gala three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, number one, I hope I can still fit into it. Mm-hmm. Because if not, I'm going to have fun trying to find a dress (laughs) on such short notice. (laughs) Have you on the exercise bike? (laughs) (laughs) So, I tried the dress on. Thank you, Jesus. It still fit. Actually, it was a little bit looser than it was last time. Not much. Yeah, just a little tiny bit. And we get there. I mean, this dress, is it's a really nice dress. It's very pretty. It's got sequins all over it. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) <laughs> and I got these shoes that have these fake diamonds all over them. Sparkly. Sparkly shoes. They're killer shoes. I love the shoes. But, God, they hurt to walk in. Anyway, we're walking up, and I see this girl in, like, something you would wear maybe to a July 4th party. Kind of a, 
a dress, but a summery dress and not fancy at all, right? Like a barbecue, something you'd wear to a barbecue. <laughs> I'm thinking well, we don't she, go to the same barbecues then. <laughs> I'm thinking she's looking at me kind of strange. We walk in. I am the only person dressed like freaking Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> and you were killing it too. So I feel like an idiot. Because <laughs> I told David before we went, I said, I do not want to be overdressed. Oh, you won't be. You won't be. <laughs> if we had to do on a scale of one to ten. I mean, some of these people were dressed nicely. Don't get me wrong. They didn't look like they were all going to a barbecue, but they, maybe they were going to church or had just gotten off work or something. But on a scale of one to ten, my Cinderella outfit being a ten, most people were a five. <laughs> like I said, you were killing it. I could have killed you. <laughs> Why? And- Why is it my fault? You're the one that told me it was formal. I told you what I knew. Well, from now on, I'm talking to somebody else. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> yes. So, again, the whole night, I mean, I wasn't just paranoid people. I saw people pointing at me and being like, what's she wearing that for? Yeah, but we were sitting at the reserve table with the mayor. Well, but before that, when we were standing out there with the hors d'oeuvres, I saw <laughs> these groups of girls, all of them just turn around and look at me like, mm, she's in the wrong place. She must have thought she's going to a pageant. And that is not what they thought. (laughs) And then this one girl came up to me. She's like, I love that dress. And I said, Thank you. I feel extremely overdressed. She's like, So? And David's (laughs) like, You're supposed to tell her, No, she's not overdressed. It was obvious, folks. (laughs) I mean, it's like I might as well have been the bride at the wedding. What well, she did say, well, if I had that kind of dress, I'd wear it too. Yeah, she wants to borrow my dress now. <laughs> so you made a best friend. <laughs> but you should have told people this is this is my casual dress. <laughs> <laughs> I got my pumpkin waiting outside. <laughs> so I've learned a few lessons here. Number one. I should not listen to David (laughs) when it comes to how to dress. (laughs) Number two, I should probably have another dress on standby. Because as Jackson's girlfriend would say, I can't believe you wore that same dress twice. Well, Well, yeah, Jackson's girlfriend trying to push you out of the way to come to this thing was another story. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I'll go with you. Because I said something about I've got to go to this banquet with David. She's like, you don't want to go? I'll go. She loves dressing up. She loves it. She's like, I've got a dress I haven't worn yet. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Well, needless to say, I told David, I said, if they have another one of these next year, I need advance notice so I can get another dress. And he said, they won't have another one. So that's what he told me, folks. (laughs) So if I'm on here complaining (laughs) next year, (laughs) <laughs> that I had to go find a dress. Now, you got to remember, we don't live in a big city. So for me to go find a formal or semi-formal outfit is not an easy feat. And I don't want to show up in casual clothes and be underdressed. So what? what's worse, though, being underdressed or overdressed? Both. 
No, there's one that's worse. You know, I you was a up, spectacle. If you would have showed up underdressed, you would have left. I couldn't have showed up underdressed. <laughs> you, if I'd have worn yes. a Life Is Good T-shirt and jeans and flip flops, I would have been underdressed. But that's your normal attire. Yeah. There you go. That's but why I had to say formal. Skirt, the black skirt and court shirt would have been fine. But you didn't tell me that was an option. I did. You don't listen. That's a whole nother episode, <laughs> folks, about how your spouse does not listen or hear anything you say. You don't sound out worth me listening to. David Sims. <laughs> you about to end up in the doghouse. <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> All right. I have to see if I can find a decent picture and post with this episode of me dressed up as a spectacle at this event. You was killing it. If you don't see the picture, then the picture the guy took of us, I didn't like. So just imagine I was in a dress that was dark navy blue with a bunch of sequins <laughs> and pretty shiny shoes. Just email me. I'll send you the picture. No, I don't know about that. Don't email David. David doesn't have an email. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about our guest today, David. All right. Our guest today is a stepmom in Colorado. Well, howdy doody. I like Colorado. It's very pretty. Ain't never been there. We'll have to go. Okay. Yeah, we'll go to Breckenridge. Okay. Yeah, we'll go. All right. She's been blending for four years. Has stepdaughter 16, stepdaughter 10, stepson 10, stepdaughter 8. Have them week on, week off. Bio son 13, bio son 9, bio daughter 8. Week on, week off. Our son two and our son one. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) In case y'all were counting on your fingers, that would be nine. I was fixing to say, I almost had to go to my toes. Or as I would say it, nine. Mm Mm-hmm. Nine kids. Mm. No. No. Mm. I mean, you get together with a guy, (laughs) and you're like, dog, with us together, we got seven kids. What do you think about having some more? (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. I guess. Yeah. And if you look at the ages, you've got his, hers, his, hers, and then they got one the same age. Wow. And then, of course, the hours. But you know, the funny thing about it is when you talk to like- There ain't nothing funny about this. (laughs) When you talk to like people like my grandparents' age, like everybody had 13 kids. <laughs> yeah, that's because they had to put them to work on the farm. Well, maybe they got a farm. All right. Maybe she plays farm on her phone or something. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest part of blending, the exes. Wow. So no kids? Kids weren't the hardest part? The How about exes. That? How about I know. That? Best advice? Don't let the exes influence your household. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. That's why you leave them in Texas. Actually, David, I was saving this. They actually do live on a farm. (laughs) (laughs) See? There you go. Now it all makes sense. (laughs) They live on a small hobby farm. There you go. See? I knew there had to be some other reason. (laughs) It's 45 minutes to school. Oh, wow. An hour and 15 minutes to the bio kids school. 
Well, in New York, that's only two or three blocks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this ain't New York. This is Colorado. Wow. So it's probably just down the mountain. (laughs) That had to be pretty cool, though. Like being out there in the middle of my hobby farm. I want to think about it. If you've got kids that are in kindergarten and they go half day, I'm assuming kids still do half day for kindergarten. You might as well sit in the parking lot Mm -hmm. or run to the Walmart or something. Well, that's why they have these kids. So the older kids can drive the younger kids. Ah, smart, David, smart. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Something funny. The stepkids bio moms. There's two bio moms. Okay. They used to be best friends. Hmm. That's a story there, I bet. Maybe. (laughs) Is is it the story within the episode? (laughs) We talk about it, but I don't think we go into great detail. See, if I'd have been there, we went into great detail. (laughs) And that's why I thank God sometimes you're not there. (laughs) She doesn't nacho a lot, but says she probably needs to. (laughs) (laughs) Her husband sees them all as their kids. Oh. And he doesn't want her to nacho. She is a stay-at-home mom. Of course he doesn't want her to nacho. (laughs) Please, honey, please don't nacho. (laughs) Please don't nacho, my youngins. (laughs) Stepson calls her mom. Stepdaughter calls her mom sometimes. Like she calls her mom sometimes? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the stepdaughter will refer to... Okay. Mom. Okay. I was thinking she calls her mom sometimes, like two names. What? Oh, like that was her name, mom sometimes? Yeah. Dave, <laughs> <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> All right, David. <laughs> I'm done. You making my brain hurt. <laughs> but probably because that dress is so tight. It was not that tight, and it wasn't even tight. <laughs> It was the shoes. The it shoes. was the shoes, y'all. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she kicked them shoes off as soon as she got outside. I it did. Was, it was just like Cinderella. So- <laughs> I should have left them things, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I had to walk through the parking lot barefoot, and that didn't feel good either. I, I said I'd carry you. Yeah, after we were two feet to the car. After I ain't I stupid. After I hillbilly mile. <laughs> I ain't stupid. <laughs> I know my limits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, David, let's tell people about the Nacho Kids Academy. All right. There is if, a thing called the Nacho Kids Academy. There he is. And it's found at nachokidsacademy.com. And that's where Lori and I live when we're not here on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and what is there at the nachokidsacademy.com, David? That's where you can learn to nacho properly, save your sanity and your relationships. We teach you all those things and all those tools you need to make your life a success. We do that with coaching calls and video courses courses and challenges. If you're going to jump in there, you go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So check it out. You have nothing to lose because we have a 30-day money-back guarantee. So jump on in there. Stay a couple of weeks. What? You mean if I don't like it, I can get my money back? Sure enough. Sign me up. I will. What's your email address? (laughs) (laughs) And your credit card number. (laughs) (laughs) For real, folks, go check it out. NotYourKidsAcademy.com. If you are serious about saving your sanity and your blend, it might be the best thing for you. That's right. 
All right. Now let's get to listening. Today we have Stepmom in Colorado. Hey, Stepmom in Colorado. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I have to say I love Colorado. Yeah, I do too. We live on a mountain hill and we got a really nice view of the mountains. That's nice. I've been to Colorado and Wyoming and I love both of them. I just love it out west. Yeah. Love the mountains, definitely. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been blending? Uh, about four years now. Okay. And how many step kids, bio kids, all that stuff? I have four step, three bio, and two R's. What? So nine total. Girl, are you okay? I have, <laughs> I, I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how old are your step kids? Stepdaughter, 16. I have to think. Twins, boy and a girl. They're 10. And then a stepdaughter, eight. Okay. And what about bio kids? 13-year-old son, a 9-year-old son, and an 8-year-old daughter. Okay. And then the hours kids? A 2-year-old and a 1-year-old. Wow. So it's pretty spread apart. Yeah. So how often do you have the step kids? We have them week on and week off, and we have them all together at once. And then they go to their other parents, and we just have the two for a week by themselves. And okay. Oldest stepdaughter, she only comes down, it was once a month, but now that she's 16, she's hasn't been coming as often. Okay. So your bio kids also do week on, week off? Yes. Okay. So things are crazy one week. Mm-hmm. The next week, things are a little calmer. Yeah. And then back to crazy. Yep. And it's funny, I know with Jackson, it was like he was an only child one week, and then he had four brothers the next week. So your hours kids, they are, I'm sure once they get older, they'll be like, things are crazy one week with all these other kids. And then it's hard for them to adjust too. Yeah. They don't, they don't understand just yet. Where's their siblings? And yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's crazy chaos. And then it's back to, oh, it's really quiet. (laughs) So do y'all have to take two cars when you go somewhere? Oh, yeah, that's that's the we had a big van, but it kind of broke down. And that's the hard part, too, is we live out in Hotchkiss, which my husband drives his kids 45 minutes one way to school. And I drive my kids an hour and 15 minutes the opposite way. What? And it's just completely we're just there's a lot of driving going on. How are your kids going to school so far away? Well, I moved up here with my husband and his ex lives in Montrose. My ex lives in Grand Junction. And so since I live here, it's not fair to ask them to pull the kids from the school. And he works in Montrose, so it works out for him to drive his kids to school. And I kind of just drive my kids to school and I hang out at families' houses until they get out of school and then we come back home. Yeah, there's no need for you to drive all the way back home. Yeah, every now and then I will, but... Actually, I had to go to Grand Junction. Oh, did you? Yes, for training for a company I worked for, and I was there for about two months. Yeah. My favorite place in Grand Junction was my favorite muffin. I have not been there yet. What? No. (laughs) Girl, I wanted to open a My Favorite Muffin store. I have to go down there and try it then. You have to go. The muffins are huge. Oh, are they really? Yes, and they're so good. And they sell other stuff too, but yeah, my favorite muffin. Hopefully it's still in business. (laughs) I'll have to check it out and let you know. Yeah. 
So you meet this man. He's got four kids. You've got three kids. Mm-hmm. Y'all decide y'all were going to get married. Yes. And how were the kids getting along at that time? Because especially your bio daughter, eight, and your bio son, nine, they're kind of close in age with three of the other stepkids. Yeah. They actually were really excited when we first got together and they had new brothers and sisters. And then it was four, five, two, six-year-olds, four, five, six, two, seven-year-olds, and then my older son and then his older daughter. So it was boom, 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 boom. And they did get along. And I think they get along pretty good right now too. But as the older kids are getting older, they're getting more annoyed of the younger ones and you know how it goes. Yeah, but that's going to happen in a nuclear family too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what would you say your biggest struggle in this blend has been other than transportation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the ex's influences coming into the household. That has been my biggest struggle because I have two exes to deal with. So what's it like dealing with two different bio moms? Are they pretty similar? Is one cool, one's not? Kind of tell us a little bit about that. They actually used to be best friends. What? He had his 16-year-old because she told him she couldn't get pregnant. And she got pregnant, and then she kind of pretty much just, I think her plan was just to take the baby and raise it by herself and get the child support money. Mm -hmm. So he had to fight her on that, and then he only got once a month visitation. And then while he was fighting her with that, her best friend decided to help him out, and then they fell in love, got married, and had three kids. And so then those two stopped talking to each other. Yeah, they're both very similar. Are they still on the outs? Yeah. I mean, we understand why. Yeah, totally. So do they both try to tell you when little Johnny's at your house or little Susie's at your house, you need to do this? The mother of the three kids, she's not so bad. We're on good terms right now because they come over here and they do their thing and they go over there, do their thing over there. And every now and then I'll try to take control Mm-hmm. supposed to nacho <laughs> but the 16 year old mother she's more of I'm not her mom and she doesn't have to listen to me and she kind of bumps head with uh her dad and I because she thinks that if we're going to discipline in any way that we need to call her and let her know and it's kind of a more of a nightmare on that end <laughs> so we're going to say little Susie the 16 year old is at your house mm-hmm. she does something wrong, dad wants to discipline her in whatever fashion he sees fit. Mm -hmm. And bio mom says, you can't do that unless you call me and we discuss it. Yeah, that was the last conversation because we got upset because she was on TikTok posting inappropriate things. And um, the mom was upset that we didn't go to her about it at all. And so she said, when he wants to discipline her, he needs to go through her because... It's hard not saying the name, but because little Susie is really sensitive and she can't talk to her dad about certain things. To me, it turns into it's teaching her she doesn't need to respect her dad's wishes and she doesn't need to respect me as an adult. And she can play the victim and get away with whatever she wants over here, which is not fair to the other kids. Right. And I've made that clear to my husband, too, because... 
my stepkids are noticing why every time she comes here, she has either a broken arm or she has her leg wrapped up on something. And I think she's faking it so she doesn't have to do anything because from what I see is when they go to their other mother's house, they can do whatever they want, however they want, eat whatever they want. When they come over here, they have chores. You know, we have goats to take care of and rabbits and chickens and they have a big chore chart that I have laid out and um, it's their snack time and lunch time. You can't just go eat whatever you want whenever. And so I think that's a little bit of a struggle is just the different influences of the households coming under one. So you have a chore chart for your stepkids uh-huh. and you also have times that they can eat. Yeah, they can have breakfast and if they don't eat their breakfast, they get a skip snack. But if they have breakfast, then they can have snack a couple hours later and then lunch and then a couple hours later snack and then dinner and then a couple hours later snack. Okay. We let them just go run in the fridge anytime they want it. Yes. We would never have any groceries. <laughs> so it sounds like to me that you don't nacho a whole lot. Yeah, I'm still trying to learn that. And, th- and that's okay. You can be on this podcast and not nacho. It's not for everybody. But how does your husband feel about that? Is he on board with the chores and the eating times? And is he okay with you being in control of those things? Yeah. I actually talked to him about the nacho because there was a while there I was I was going absolutely crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. You know, I'm retraining these kids my way and I'm turning into the bad person and I did tell my husband I would like to nacho and he was just more of, no, I want, they are our kids. I want you to treat my kids like your kids. And I've had outside people say, well, that's a little different because my kids naturally have that bond and love and trust for me Mm -hmm. as to where his kids, not so much. Exactly. And so I'm the stay at home mom. So I'm, I pretty much run the household and my husband goes to work and comes home and I'm on the kids. Get your chores done. Right now, my stepdaughter ate. Her and I really butt heads right now because she used to play dad and I. And now she's starting to realize, I don't really have to listen to you, but I do have to listen to you. And so that's been pretty tough on me the last few months. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just, you know, I'll tell them you need to take a shower. And I'm trying to, sometimes I think in my head, okay nacho and I'll look at my husband and I've told them this many times to take a shower and they're not showering so you need to do it or go check their room I told them to clean it you know I'm still trying to learn the different ways (laughs) well if he's home and it's time for them to take a shower he needs to be telling them to take a shower right not waiting for you to tell them several times them ignoring you and then you saying hey, they're not listening to me, you need to tell them to take a shower because that still puts the target on your back as the evil stepmother. Yeah, right, yep. And I understand you are at home with them a lot. So it is a little different than if you weren't a stay-at-home mom. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you can't nacho. And sometimes it's more of a mentality versus physical nachoing. So for instance, your husband agrees that they should have these chores, right? Right. If they don't do the chores, then what's the discipline? We've been playing with that, so it changes all the time. So we turned it in. If they don't do their chores, they get dishes for the night. Okay. 
So if they don't do their chores, you know what the punishment is. They know what the punishment is. Mm -hmm. So don't nag them about it. Almost like kick into a babysitter mode. You know, your dad said you need to do your chores. Well, they don't. Well, what's the babysitter do? Yeah. She doesn't keep nagging about it. She lets the parent deal with it when they get home. Right. Yep. That makes sense. And that will help take that target off your back and it will lower your stress as well. So what time does your husband normally get home in the afternoons? About six o'clock. Okay. About dinner time. Mm-hmm. And I assume you cook dinner. Yeah. And I'm sure he doesn't want to come in and say, little Susie, you didn't do your chores. You have to do the dishes. Or he doesn't want to come straight in from work and have to deal with what all they've done wrong all day. Yeah. And I've made that mistake of nagging him of this and this and this happened. And he's like, you just pick at them all the time. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like I told David, with that many kids, there's a lot that can go wrong in 30 minutes. Yeah. But again, before you tell him all the things they did wrong, think about what things really matter. For instance, if the stepkid cussed at you, that's definitely something you need to tell dad. Yeah. If the kid's got in a fight, there's nothing he can do about it. It's over and done with. So unless there's some disciplinary action that needs to take place, then there's no need to tell him about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think as women, and I'm not trying to group all women together. Some may not be like this. But for instance, if we're at work and we go to lunch with somebody, we may tell our husband, oh, yeah, I went to lunch today with such and such. Mm -hmm. But then we find out three weeks later that they went to lunch with somebody and didn't tell us. Well, are they not telling us because they're hiding something? No, they just didn't see that there was a need to tell us. Yeah. They don't share as much as we do in most cases. That's true. So what I started doing with David, when I started nachoing, after I was around the kids by myself again, I would make a list of things they did wrong. And 30 minutes before David came home, I would review that list. And I would pick out the top three important issues. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I didn't even have three that I felt were important at that time. Because he didn't need to know everything the stepkids did that annoyed me. Yeah. And for instance, we had a rule that if you went to the sister-in-law's house next door and decided to go to Mama's house, you needed to let us know, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, it happened, and they didn't let us know. Well, if I told my husband, I kind of expected there to be some kind of discipline. You know, your yeah. kid broke the rules. Do something. And his mentality was more of, y'all forgot to tell us when you left Angie's and went to Mama's. Don't let that happen again. It's important that we know where you are. Yeah. So that was his way of dealing with it. And it's funny because I did think that he should be more strict. But now the older my son gets, if I tell him, let me know when you leave one place and go to another, if he forgets, I do the same thing David did. I just say, you were supposed to do this and you didn't. Next time you need to let me know. So there's no discipline, right? Right. But I really thought David's kids should have that discipline. So my expectations for his kids was a lot higher than they ended up being for my son. Yeah. 
And that may not be the case with you, but I know it is the case with a lot of us, especially if there's an age difference with the stepkids mm-hmm. and, the, and the bio kid. There was five years apart between Jackson and the triplets. So stuff that they were doing at 10 that I thought they should not be doing or things that I thought they should be doing, for instance, like certain chores, I didn't expect the same thing when Jackson turned 10. Yeah. And a lot of that was guilty parent syndrome. I admit it all day long. Does your husband have guilty parent syndrome, you feel, or is he pretty much on board and he disciplines them when they need it? I feel like he does have guilty parent syndrome, but he does, he is on board and he does back me as much as he can. So it's good for that. But I also have noticed he does spoil his daughters a little bit more and will punish his son more. And I see it and I'll tell him, you can't do that. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. I'm all about the fairness in the house and everybody needs to be treated the same. And I do see a lot of the time and his daughter's getting treated differently. And that was a struggle with me. And we were trying to find out if it was jealousy on my part or because I didn't have a very good father-daughter relationship. Right. Or if it was, I'm just noticing him treating them different and they're kind of more little daddy's princesses. Mm -hmm. And so the 10 year old and I used to bump heads a lot. And now she'll tell me that I'm her best friend and I helped her not manipulate anymore. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She would fake her um, temperature and stuff to stay out of school. And I would tell her dad, she's fine. She's not sick. And he, and we'd kind of bump heads because he goes, no, she's sick. And I'm like, no, she's not. And later on down the road, come to find out she was faking and raised her temperature. And so there was a lot of that in the beginning, um, manipulating and whining and tantrums. And, you know, you go from a house where you could do whatever to a strict house that has structure. At first, it was really, really hard. And I was almost in tears every day. It's gotten a lot better since. But, I mean, there's still there times where it's, You just want to pull your hair out. Yeah. Well, have the kids said anything like, we don't want to come to your house, Daddy, because we have chores, or you make us work too much, or you're a slave driver, or or, we don't have to do this at mom's? No, actually, I've heard the opposite of them. I've heard them say that they wish their mom would have chores, and they wish their mom would have discipline, because then they wouldn't act the way they would at their mom's house. But I think... Yeah. And I, that's where I think they're seeing the structure and kids long for that structure. Uh huh. And right now my eight-year-old stepdaughter, she's, we're bumping heads right now because sometimes I think she sees not better over here, but there's, she doesn't have to be the adult. She's not in control. Right. And so every now and then she'll start calling me mom and my stepson calls me mom. My older stepdaughter, she doesn't, but she's the one that said, you're my best friend and you help me not manipulate and they'll come back from their mom's house. And I, and at first I would notice their eyes would be black from not eating too good. Sometimes their hair would come back green from in the swimming pool for so long mm-hmm. and not taking showers. And so I felt it as my job as a stepmom. Oh, I got to teach you guys. You need to take a shower after going swimming. You need to eat better. And mm-hmm. I was driving myself crazy because I had my two babies and my own bio kids 
And I just felt like I was constantly trying to retrain these kids as they came back from their mother's house. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I bumped heads about it a few times. So they would come back from Bio Moms. You felt like they haven't been eating healthy, haven't had the proper hygiene. So you would talk to them and say, you need to take showers more often. You need to eat better and stuff like that. Yeah. I would say it in a roundabout way where I wasn't putting the mom down or anything. Mm-hmm. For instance, we were driving the other day and they said that a car sped around us and they said, can we flip this car off? And I said, absolutely not. I said, you don't know what that person's going through. What if their dad's in the hospital and they're rushing to get to their dad's? Or I said, you don't know what that person's going through right now. And they told me that their mom let them flip somebody off that was driving behind them. So I'm not going to say, no, you can't do that. You know, I just kind of explain it in a different way without attacking the mom in their eyes. Yeah, I get that. I have to say, though, if my stepkids said, can we flip somebody off? We'd have been like, no, of course. And they're like, well, mom lets us do it and say, well, that's just not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Not bashing mom, but just saying that that action is not appropriate. And the world is crazy now. Somebody, one of those kids could flip somebody off and they shoot them. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, I don't know if it's like that out in Colorado, but people are crazy out here. So it's like I told my son when he started driving, I said, don't blow the horn at people unless you need them to move up. But just don't be anxious. Yeah. Just calm down because you don't know what somebody's going through. And they could be on the edge and just like, I have nothing to live for. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So your husband, what does he think when they come back and they haven't been eating well or their hair has been green from swimming too much and not showering? Does he say anything or? He gets really frustrated. We both do, but I think he's kind of got to the point where it's pointless to say anything because Mm -hmm. everything is his fault. Yes. And I have noticed the two exes both do this, but they'll say, I'm so sorry that it's so hard at your dad's house. And I wish you could just be with me full time. And, you know, they do that a lot. Or I'm sorry, he's so strict and you can't talk to him. And they kind of coddle him a lot. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that. And so over the last couple of years, the first ex the 16-year-old's mother. Mm -hmm. I was getting along with her okay until I kind of watched her over the years of what she pulled on my husband. Right. And it was just kind of disgusting and it would just, it upset me. So I'm, I'm over and done with her. I just, I don't even want to see her, talk to her. She's just not a good person at all. Right. And the three younger, she's more, I'm doing this to look good. I've heard from people say that she only had kids because all her friends were having kids. Hmm. She doesn't really want the kids. And over time, I kind of see that with her too. So I kind of understand where the kids are coming from of wanting structure. And like there was a Mother's Day. We were like, do you want them for Mother's Day? And she goes, no, I'm okay. I'm like, okay, well, that's Mother. Go do your own thing. Or she has a boyfriend right now that doesn't want any kids. And so I told her, I said, well, that's a red flag right there. And she goes, no, they're, they're growing on him. And I said, well, do you guys ever go do anything together? Or is he just strictly, I don't want kids. What is that teaching your daughters mm-hmm. in a man? And so it's hard for me because I do love and care for them. And it's part of me wants to do nacho and part of me wants to raise them. But 
I still haven't found the good balance between being the mom and hands-on to taking a step back and not being so stressed out all the time. Well, you actually can do both. And I know this might sound confusing to some people. Different people nacho to different degrees. So you have to identify what causes you stress. So for instance, if it causes you stress that the kids come back with green hair, just for instance, then what are your options? You know you can't say anything to buy a mom. That's useless. Mm -hmm. You can ask the kid, go take a shower, but if their reaction to you asking them these things, to do these things, is met with resistance, then that might cause you more stress than just letting it go and letting dad deal with it. Right, exactly, yeah. And I think that's where I'm at with my eight-year-old stepdaughter because I get a, ugh, and then stomp off. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm really stressed out right now. Do your kids do that? My eight-year-old daughter, we call them the tarot terror twins but yeah she's the same way not so much because i believe my stepdaughter the eight-year-old she can throw absolute tantrums and scream and get her way all the time at mom's house my daughter she has it kind of both the same at her dad's house and my house so she'll do her little attitude and i'm like oh does that mean early bedtime because you you're showing me you're tired by the way you're acting no mom i was just trying to you know Mm -hmm. but but when stepdaughter does that, you don't say, oh, early bedtime. I just started doing that this last week because I was like, I have to do something. I can't. This is driving me crazy. Yeah. Because she's with me most of the time, you know, and if I have her all day long and it actually was doing pretty good. She did really good was watching herself stomping off and her tone of voice with me. She was changing it because it's just small. I say, OK, well, there goes five minutes added to your bedtime. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, this is another five minutes and they can earn it back with good behavior and positive attitude or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's just the hard, it's hard to balance it and where not just cross the line or, and then I'm really nervous when they all become teenagers because they're all going to be teenagers about the exact same time. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have a, what is it? We're going to have right here around the corner. We'll have 13, 14, two 15 year olds. Mm-hmm. What you may want to do is make a list of the things that trigger you the most mm-hmm. and then take that list and just get it smaller until you have like your top three. And then look at how you can either avoid those triggers or how you can better cope with them and deal with them. Yeah. And also maybe what you can get your husband involved in to help with those triggers. Yeah. Because I know even though he doesn't come home till six, he can still have interaction with his kids and teach them things. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be necessarily that you're tattling on them as much as there's nothing wrong with him sitting down talking to them about how you treat people properly. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of job does he have? He's working in fertilizer right now. So does he have the opportunity to call home during the day? Yeah, right now in his um, job, he was given the opportunity to work at home whenever he doesn't have the kids. And so sometimes he works at home and sometimes he goes to work. So, Okay, so he can work from home when he doesn't have the kids. Mm-hmm. But it's just too chaotic when the kids are there. 
for him to work from home. Yeah. And he has to drive him to Montrose anyways to go to school. So he might as well just stay out there and go to work at the office. Right. So, yeah. So is it possible during the day that he could call and just chat with the kids for a minute and remind them to do their chores or something just to take some of that off of you? Yeah. And if I talked to him about it, he he totally would. Because that might would help you is if they just have a constant reminder that, hey, dad may not physically be here, but he's still telling us what to do. Again, by him mm-hmm. telling them to do their chores, it takes it off of you. Yeah. Yeah, that's something we're going to have to try. And also something you may want to consider is you've got these kind of chores that they're expected to do and the punishment if they don't. He can explain to them, when I'm not here, you still need to follow these rules. And if you don't, then I've asked stepmom to let me know so I know to make your bedtime earlier or whatever, if that's the discipline. Yeah. That way, again, it takes that target off your back. And you can even kind of, I don't know any other way to say this, but friend the kid and say, I really don't want to have to tell your dad that you didn't do your chore because I know he's going to make you have to go to bed early. And it kind of comes to them as, oh, she's on my side. Yeah. Rather than she's against me. Mm -hmm. So just some things to try. And I know you're trying to navigate things and it is hard because you are a stay at home mom and you are trying to get them to do chores because of your farm and things like that. But you definitely need to identify your triggers and things like that because you don't want your life to be in constant stress. Exactly, yeah. And it doesn't have to be. But I do want to ask you something, and this might be hard for you to answer. When stepdaughter makes that noise or whatever, and your daughter makes that noise, does it affect you differently internally? Oh, very much so. Gets on my nerves really bad when his daughter does it my daughter not so much that's because she's your daughter yeah and we all wish that we could be fair like you said earlier but I mean you can be fair more outwardly than inwardly because inwardly Mm -hmm. like you said you're dealing with what your daughter did differently than what his daughter did so if you did have to punish her you might be more strict on the stepdaughter because she's not your kid and it annoyed you more yeah So it's really hard to be fair. And you even mentioned that he doesn't seem to be fair between his own kids. Mm -mm, And for some reason, when we talk about blended families, we always hear, well, it's not fair. His kids have to do this, mine don't, or vice versa. Life is not always fair, even in a nuclear family. Yeah. Every child is an individual and you have to treat them as such. So, for instance, my dad and mom had different expectations for each of the kids growing up in regards to school grades because Mm -hmm. we were at different levels. Yeah, you treat them accordingly. Right. And it might not bother little Susie to go to bed 10 minutes early if she's bad, but it might just annoy the crap out of little Johnny to go to bed early. So he's going to be more aware of his actions Because he doesn't want that discipline. Yeah. With the stepkids, again, we didn't have as many as you. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But there were almost like different types of discipline for each one that David had to do 
because one of them didn't care if he couldn't go anywhere. He was fine playing games. So, of course, yeah. taking games away from him was like the world was coming to an end. Whereas one of them, it's almost like the kid just had to know he, David was disappointed in them. And that bothered him more than anything. And that's how it was yeah. with me. My mom could beat me with an inch of my life, and I would just stare at her. And my dad could wiggle his toe, and I knew I had disappointed him, and it broke my heart. Yeah. And the, and the, I see that with my, my bio son, 13, with my husband. You could just tell he respects him a lot, and he doesn't want to disappoint him. So mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it's so different, all the different kids and the ages and what will work with them and what won't work with them. I actually told my husband a couple years ago, I was like, if I would have known what I know now, I wouldn't have married you. I was so stressed out. Yeah. And now after the nacho and kind of trying to take little bit steps back, I, I'll sit back and we'll be watching a family movie. And I, I'm like happy and I love my life and I love all my stepkids and my kids and mm -hmm. It's got it. It's a crazy zoo and it has its up and downs, but yeah, it can work if you like my husband and I, we really love each other and we really want to make it work. So I think it works if you have that backup and oh, yeah, you can communicate. I had posted something recently, a meme that I made, and it was I guess it's a meme. I, I don't know the difference in a meme and a GIF, really. Well, I guess a GIF is action, but anyway, so I, yeah. I had posted <laughs> this thing about do not let divorce be in your vocabulary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, oh my gosh, people took that and ran with it that I was saying, even if you're in an abusive relationship, you stay. No, that's not what I was saying. What I was saying is what you said. You love your husband, he loves you, and you're going to find a way to make it work. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And if you or he constantly throws up the divorce word, it creates an insecurity in that marriage to where nobody's all in. Yeah. But you can't fix your marriage if you've got one foot out the door. Yeah. We do have our ups and downs, but I think why we are going so good because the kids do come here and they see how much we love each other. We have our little bickering, but they'll see us apologize to each other and they have a good, strong, stable foundation they kids know that I put him first and he puts me first and we're going to back each other up. It's not, no, I'm going to put my kids over my husband type of thing. It's we need to have each other's back because after the kids are grown and moved out of the house, if we constantly put the kids first, we're not going to have a relationship. So we're building our relationship and showing the kids what a good relationship and a healthy relationship looks like. And yeah, that word divorce needs to be out of it because I threw it out there a few times just because I was so stressed out. Mm -hmm. And the kids I've had to say a few tell them, you know, you've went through divorce with your mom and dad and you guys saw, watched me and dad separate. And I, I always tell them, you're not going to watch that with this one because we really love each other. And they're like, oh, good. Thank goodness. Yep. And we forget sometimes, too, that these kids have been through something. And I don't care how old they were when the parents split up. My son has never known his dad and I together. My parents split up when I was 30. So, yeah. I mean, there's a big difference there, but it's still not easy. And it yeah. makes you kind of put your wall up. 
like they may not want to get close to you because they're afraid that you're going to leave too. Mm-hmm. And if they hear y'all threatening divorce, then even if you're just mad, I mean, and you've got a reason for saying it because you're so angry, they hear that and we don't realize that you and your husband may get over that the next day or something like that. But the kids, they heard they might split up. So for a long time, that affects them, whereas y'all were already over that point. Yeah. Well, and what we do a lot too is we have family meetings. So we'll sit down with them. If I may, if I do something or dad gets angry, we'll sit down and talk to him. And, you know, everybody's human. We make mistakes. I'm sorry I got so upset. This is why I need to go take a time out. And, you know, we're trying to teach them that way too. As adults, it's okay. We have our temper tantrums too. We've never really gotten to the point where screaming and yelling or anything like that. Right in front of the kids, but just little bickering here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. Yeah. They need to see that and how that's overcome as well. Yeah. The family meetings that you have, we had tried family meetings one time and it just turned into a complaint session. That's what it seems like it is. Yeah. So we had to start kind of integrating positive things. And if the kids started going off on a tangent and we could tell it was going negative, we would kind of interrupt them and say, but what was good about that or something? Because I remember one time at the quote, quote, family meeting that we had, it's like all they did was bash my kid. And I'm thinking, I'm not coming to these family meetings to hear how much your kids hate my son. That's not healthy for them. That's not definitely not healthy for him. And it's going to make me flip out on them. Yeah. (laughs) So we kind of had to change how we did that to where it didn't turn into that. But I love that you apologize to the kids. And as Mm -hmm. adults, we need to remember this. We need to be able to apologize to our significant others, definitely, when we lose it. Yeah. To our kids and to our stepkids. I've had to apologize to my son and say, I am so sorry that I was short-tempered today. I've just got a lot going on. I'm tired. You know, something happened here. I mean, I won't go into great detail, but I will apologize. And then I'll ask him, I'll say, do you forgive me? And sometimes he looks at me like I'm crazy, like, of course I forgive you. And sometimes he'll say, I forgive you, but it did hurt my feelings. And it opens up for him to talk to me about it. Yeah. And the same with the stepkids. I've apologized to them for things that I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's what I we do, too. And I think it's good for them to see my husband and I apologize to each other in front of them. Yes. I felt this way, and from my perspective, it was this. And we'll talk like that in front of them sometimes. And mm-hmm. And y- you want them to be able to apologize to whoever they need to and not feel like it's a bad thing. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's another hard issue right now too, is the stepdaughter, eight year old, she does not get along with none of the kids. She fights with every single one of them. And that's the other thing I'm trying to figure out is how we get the, the love in the house. No. (laughs) Well, I have seen, Families where the stepkids and the bio kids, they never really hang out or talk to each other or anything like that. And a lot of it has to do with age and different circumstances, of course. And that's hard. 
But yeah. if she doesn't get along with these other kids, it's the perfect opportunity to teach these kids how to deal with somebody that is trying to rile them up or somebody that's trying to fight with them. I mean, I don't know exactly yeah. what the issues or how she acts towards them, but for instance, if she's ugly to your daughter when your daughter asks her something, your daughter's eventually going to stop asking her things. Yeah. And that's okay. My yeah. My husband just tells them, you, you got to learn to be the bigger person and just walk away. Yep. And a lot of people would say, oh, no, somebody needs to tear her tail up. She shouldn't be allowed to act that way. Think about this. We as adults sometimes struggle with how to portray how we're feeling and what we're struggling with. Mm -hmm. There's this eight-year-old that her brain won't even be formed fully for another, what, 15, 16 years? Mm -hmm. And she's throwing a tantrum because that's how she knows to deal with things. She doesn't yeah. have those coping skills. Yep. There's a book that you may want to look into. It's actually, I talk about Dr. Daniel Amen a lot. It's A-M-E-N. I, mm -hmm. I love his writings. And a lot of what he writes about is automatic negative thinking. And he wrote a children's book, and it's called Captain Snout and the Superpower Questions. And then it says, don't let the ants steal your happiness. That might be a good book for her. Yeah, I'll look into it. Yep. Because a lot of times we are angry or having these tantrums just because of what's going on in our mind, not necessarily what's going on around us. Yeah. And I think it's important to teach kids to talk about their feelings, to focus more on the positive, and to learn how to deal with the negative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And some people may say, she's eight. You can't teach her this stuff. I'm sorry, but you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, because you mentioned earlier, too, that you and the 10-year-old have a better relationship now than you did a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And that's something we all need to remember, too, is these relationships change over time. You may be doing great with the 10-year-old, from now till she turns 13, and then you hit a speed bump. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you throw your marriage away. No. We're really quick to try to find the easy way out. And I know you said you told your husband that if, if you would have known what you were getting into, that you would have never married him. Honey, I think we all can say that. <laughs> yeah. But the difference now, since I have implemented the Nacho Kids method with the stepkids, the difference now is I would do it again. Because yeah. it strengthened my relationship with the stepkids, my own bio son, my husband, the in-laws. Plus, it has allowed us to help other step families. Yeah. It's helped me, you know, from the little bit I know, a little bit, take a step back. Mm -hmm. Some people can say to you, you've got so many kids, you should just nacho all those stepkids. But that's not who you are. Mm -mm. And that's okay. But you can be a role model for these stepkids and a mentor and a confidant without parenting them. Yeah. So that's why earlier I said you can do both. Just because you nacho yeah. doesn't mean that you exclude yourself from their lives. Yeah. And something else, and I'm going to take this little part out because I don't want you to think that I'm saying you're doing something wrong because I don't think you are. If for the stepkids, when you need them to do something, uh -huh. I found with my stepkids if I said, can you help me and do such and such, it came across completely different to them than if I said, go do this. Yeah. 
I use that positive reinforcement a lot, especially with the eight-year-old. I'm like, hey, you're so good at doing windows. Would you like to do them? And she is such a great kid with positive reinforcement. It's crazy. It's like night and day. You you tell, And she's just like my 13-year-old. You tell them to do something, they're like, no. Well, you're so good at this. Good job. Yeah. Can I go do it? You know, mm-hmm. and then they start fighting over who gets to do it. Well, and that's something too. Are you okay with me leaving that part in there? Yeah. I'm okay. Fine. I'll clean it up a little bit. But we also forget that some kids thrive off positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And she definitely is one. Yes. So if you say, little Susie, you did a great job mopping the floor. Thank you so much. Then she's going to be proud of herself. And I, I think a lot of parents actually make that mistake a lot by always focusing on the negative mm-hmm. and never letting the kid know when they did a good job with something. And with that whole family meeting, I was going to tell you that we actually started having kid of the week to sit around in a circle and our family meeting. And then we say, okay, we just want to thank so-and-so today because we've noticed this last week you've been working really hard and we go buy them a little $10 gift of some sort, whatever they like. Yeah. And we make sure it goes around to hit all the kids and then they all try to help out more. I'll be carrying the trash and all of a sudden you'll have three kids run at you. Oh, I got that for you. You know, it's cute, but positive reinforcement goes a long way with kids, especially the younger ones. Yes. And honestly, I caught myself doing that with my son because you're trying to teach him at a young age, don't touch hot stuff, don't run in the road, don't eat bugs, you know, all this don't stuff that you're not giving them that positive reinforcement. Or at least I didn't feel like I was until one day I did something and Jackson said, good job, mommy. And I was like, I do tell him good job a lot, but I need to make sure that I'm more intentional and aware of doing that. Versus the don't do this, don't do that. Yeah. And it's hard not to. Uh, Same thing with the stepkids. It's hard not to lose your focus on your own bio or lose focus of your own bio kids because you're trying to retrain the stepkids, like you said. Yeah. And it's such a hard balance. And it's, it was, you know, it gets stressful. But the other day we went to a baby shower and um, my stepdaughter, and her friend won a gift, but it was just candy or something. And um, her friend said, oh, man. My stepdaughter said, well, I'm glad we get something at least. Mm-hmm. And so on the ride home, I said, I'm really proud of you for saying that. Yep. And I have to sit there and really think in my head, oh, I have to give him something positive. Mm-hmm. Can't just nag all day long. I remember one time when we had met with a counselor and he said, Lori, you need to look at it as a bank. Five positives to one negative. Well, I had already heard that. And y'all, this tells you how bad of a place I was in. I could not think of one positive thing to say to those stepkids. Not one. Yeah. And we joked that that's why I had to disengage so long because I couldn't think of nothing to say. But (laughs) (laughs) really, we just all needed to heal. But now I can give you a list a mile long of good things about these kids And that just goes to show that I had to change my perspective a lot. I think that's what I probably need to do with my husband, too, because I come from a really negative household. And so negative is the first that came to my head. So when my husband gets home, instead of, you know, having diarrhea at the mouth of everything negative that went on, Mm -hmm. 
one negative to three positives or yeah five positives to one negative five positives yeah <laughs> i said that completely <laughs> well three would be better it'd be a lot easier but yeah. i think that by me writing it down before david got home reviewing it it helped me to say so what that they got in a fight at 10 o'clock this morning yeah everybody's past it why rehash it why stress david out making him think he think he needs to do something about it yeah, I think that's a good idea, and I'm going to try it. Mm-hmm. Try it. Yeah, going over the next day or at the end of the day, because it's probably, yeah, like you said, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Yep. And also, when you review that list, think about if you were on the other side and you were coming in from work and your husband says, okay, stepmom in Colorado, your kid did this, 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 and this today. Yeah. You would say, I'm going to quit coming home if you're going to keep telling me this crap about my kid every day. Yeah, it just puts you on the defense right away. Right, and it puts strain on your relationship with your significant other. And something else you can do is ask him what he wants to know about. Do you want to know when little Susie backtalks me? Do you want to know when little Susie and little Jenny get in a fight? Ask him what he wants you to tell him. What's important for him to know. Yeah. And that'll help narrow it down a little bit too. Yeah. Well, stepmom in Colorado, I admire you. Thank you. Nine kids. Nine. Make it an even 10. No, I'm just kidding. You might as well, girl. What's it matter at this point, right? (laughs) What's one more? Yeah. David always makes the comment. Once you get past three, it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, it really doesn't. (laughs) But... I am very proud of you for trying to improve your blend and not just giving up. And you have to figure out what parts of nachoing works for you and what parts don't. And if none of it works for you, then that's fine. Nachoing doesn't work for everybody, and we know that. But you did say that since you've started nachoing a little bit, you've noticed a little bit of your stress being relieved. Yeah. So just keep trial and error, girl. Trial and error. (laughs) Thanks. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. I would love to have you back in a couple of years when these kids hit teenagers. Oh, definitely. All right. Remember that. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. One of the things that this stepmom talks about is they have family meetings. Remember, we tried that. (laughs) And we had to be careful because it could quickly turn into a let's complain about Jackson or let's complain about Lori Fest. Mm -hmm. So it's important when you have these family meetings that you talk about positive things. They were positive. They were positive. (laughs) They were positive that you two were driving them crazy. Hey, I wouldn't admit driving them crazy, but my baby boy didn't do nothing. Uh, Yeah. Uh. That's what I said. (laughs) But it's important to not let these meetings turn into, let's bash somebody. Mm -hmm. It's important to talk about things that are going well, and maybe not even talk about blended stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. Let it just be about how the kids are doing at school or things they've got going on or... Yeah, let's plan for the next weekend or let's do vacation planning or Christmas planning. Yeah. One thing that's cool is they have a kid of their week in the family meetings. 
You can do that when you got nine. Yeah, but could you imagine if we had, say we had a family meeting every other week because of the schedule with the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Say we picked Ethan week one. Mm-hmm. Week three comes, Branch has been mad for two weeks because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't pick him. <laughs> so you have to pick Branch in week two. Well, you just put your names in a hat and draw. That's what you used to do with showers because oh, they would yeah. argue about who had to yeah. who had to take showers when. So yep. we would put numbers in the hat. Yep. <laughs> and they would draw. Yep. That was the easiest thing to do. It's like whatever number you draw, that's when you're gonna go. And they never yep. would they never complained about the number system, did they? No, they didn't. And we learned quickly not to say where do y'all want to go eat. Oh gosh. <laughs> no. Don't ever do that. And don't even give them options. Because then you're going to have somebody mad again. Yep. You always pick where they want to go. You don't ever go where I want to go. <laughs> well, not everybody likes eating at the QT. We didn't anyway. eat at the QT. I know. <laughs> if we had a QT, we would have eaten QT. <laughs> Probably. All right, everybody gets two hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a meal to me. Yeah. In our that's formal like, wear. That's like that free piece of pizza that... um. You can get it QT, or you could get it QT mm-hmm. when, oh, it wasn't QT, it's Circle K. Isn't that what we got in Lancaster? Yeah. Yeah, Circle K. And I told Jackson, I texted him, I said, I just got a free piece of pizza with my <laughs> gas fill up at the Circle K. <laughs> he said, how'd you do that? I said, it says if you purchase five or more gallons of gas, you get a free piece of pizza. Took my receipt in there and got me a free piece of pizza. He said, how was it? I said, it wasn't too shabby for a free piece of pizza, but I don't think we're going to eat dinner there or anything. (laughs) I remember QTs, y'all. If you don't have a QT in your area, I'm sorry. But when QTs came to our area, Jackson was little, and he loved this place. It's a very clean store. It's it's a pleasant experience. (laughs) Much better than your 7-Eleven or whatever. Or how they said and eleven used to be, and he always had to fill out those uh, compliment cards or the comment cards and tell them how great QT was. Yeah, but you know, we went to Texas not long ago, and for all you people out that way, I want to say I never made it to a Bucky's, and all I heard the whole time I was there was "You've got to go to Bucky's." Yeah, we didn't have a car, so no, and I'm. And that was like my only thing I wanted to do the whole time I was there. I want to go to Bucky's. I got to see this if place. You lie. If that had been the case, <laughs> we'd have got an Uber and went. No, I said that to you like a dozen times. Like, please send me to Bucky's. You lie. <laughs> you were like, why do you want to go to this this convenience store? I'm like, it's not a convenience store. It's <laughs> like it's like the mall of the world. <laughs> uh-huh. So anyway, your sister went to Bucky's. Really. Oh, I thought that's where you were going with this story. No, I didn't know that. That makes me mad. How does she go to Bucky's? There's one in Florence. <gasps> oh. And she said their barbecue sandwiches are to die for. And I said, but it's close to the beach, right? She said, no, it's Florence. It's only like an hour and 15 minutes away. She said, and it's worth driving that far. Oh, we're going to Bucky's. Oh, Lord. I probably shouldn't have told we're you. We're going to do a Facebook Live all she the way there. She said something about barbecue <laughs> sandwiches and uh, beaver nuggets. Oh, we're going to Bucky's. <laughs> I'm excited. 
All right, folks. So <laughs> share your favorite convenience store story <laughs> with us. <laughs> share your favorite Bucky story, and we'll contact Bucky's and see if they'll <laughs> they want to advertise on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sponsored by Bucky's. Get your beaver nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that is our show for today. <laughs> be sure to join us again next week when there's no telling what we talk about. Nope, there's no telling. <laughs> for Lori and myself, remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.